0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church. Or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Uh, I've brought the book that I've been writing for about 10 years and uh, was grateful for the pandemic because in the pandemic it actually there was nothing else i could do so i started to get through the bulk of it in the pandemic so i've got some copies of that if you're interested and it's based really on hebrews 8 where it says this we've received a better covenant with better promises and uh i'm so glad the old has gone and the new has come and that we now are people who live under grace and no longer under law and rules and regulations. And this really unpacks some of that kind of teaching. So basically it says here, it'll teach you how to live under an open heaven, live as a son and not a slave, live as a saint and not a sinner, live under blessing and not curses, live in amazing grace and live in the love of God. So, anyway, I was given a wonderful passage in uh, Ecclesiastes, and uh, you'll not be surprised, I'm going to go very left field today. So, uh, uh, because I read this, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I thought this, uh, uh, if if I'm feeling depressed as I start reading this, and if you're here depressed this morning... (laughs) that if I stay stuck in this chapter, uh, you're going to go out of here even more depressed. And I don't want that. I don't think you want that. And I certainly know the Lord doesn't want that. So Ecclesiastes 7 into 8. uh, And basically what we see there is the writer here is, is really talking about the futility, the, the fact that life it seems to be meaningless. Uh, there, there's some wonderful little bits in it where it says, you know, essentially, you die and you're soon forgotten. Now, now, I don't know about you, but when I die, I want to be remembered. Uh, I don't want to be soon forgotten, but it reminds us what life can be like, that life is really just a brief uh, journey here on planet Earth. And to a degree, a lot of the stuff that we get involved with can seem to be meaningless. And uh, I, I remember a number of years ago, I was traveling from Bradford to Manchester. Uh, and I was on the train and there was a wonderful piece of graffiti that went on for several miles and this graffiti it read like this woke up had breakfast went to work came home had tea watched tv went to bed woke up had breakfast and it just went on like this for miles and miles And I think it was one person's way of basically saying life seems to be meaningless. I want to say today, the good news is this. We've just sung it. All my hope is in you. In this world, if we're without God, we're without hope. But the moment we allow God to step into our world, hope comes into our world. And today I want to just unpack a little bit on what is the meaning of life. Why were we created? And I wanna, want you to really get hold of this. Uh, and I'm going to sort of drill it home this morning. Uh, it, it, it will be said many, many times until we get hold of it. But we were born, we were created to be loved. I I believe that that is the purpose of life. It is to know that God loves us in return to love him and out of the overflow of loving him to love others. And I believe that is the purpose of life. And so today I'm just going to unpack a little bit on God's love for each one of us. You see, love is something that is banded around all the time in our culture. You know, many people have said things about love. Many people have sung about love. You, you know, you've got the love. Those who are older, all I need is love. Yeah. All, all of these kind of songs come through. Uh, Johnny, when I walked in today, said to me, he said, I noticed you brought a bit of Manchester with you. You're wearing my pretty green you know, tracksuit top because I, I, I'm a fan of Liam Gallagher. Liam Gallagher is the owner of 2000 Parkers. What Liam Gallagher said is this, he said, it doesn't matter how many number ones you've had, doesn't matter how many Parkers you own, if you don't have love, you have nothing. And I want you to know today we were born to be loved. God is love. If you want to ask me who God is, what God is, God is love. It's not an attribute of God. It is who He is. It is His substance, His nature, His DNA. He is total and absolute love. Jesus said these words He said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Just think about that for a moment. Mind blowing. Every single one of us, I'm sure, in this room would be convinced that the Father is in love with Jesus. We would be convinced of the closeness, the intimacy of their relationship. And yet the powerful truth is this today, in the same measure, the same quantity, the same quality of love that the father has for Jesus he has for you this morning that is how much he loves you it is mind-blowing it is incredible when Jesus was baptized you'll remember the scene the heavens open a dove the symbol of the Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus And then we hear a voice coming out of heaven. It's the voice of the Father, and he says this, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, Jesus was beloved of God the Father. That word beloved simply means precious, worthy of love, esteemed, contentment. You you know, in our culture, our society, we hear all the time about self-esteem, all the time about having a good, healthy self-image. I want to say the gospel of Jesus Christ goes one step further because it's not about self-esteem, it's about being esteemed by God. And this morning, you might think you don't matter to anyone, you might think you're worth nothing, but I want to tell you, you are esteemed by God. He loves you, he honours you, he, he... He is absolutely infatuated with you today. Few things about his love. The first thing is this, his love is extravagant. In 1 John 3 verse 1 it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. I love that word lavish. It's like an old-fashioned word that's a little bit over the top. Yeah, it's a rich word. Reminds me of when I was a young man. Uh, I I stayed in a house in Hull, and the landlady said to me, she said, is there any particular food you like? I said to her, I like golden syrup. She she said, "Uh, okay. So every single meal, I had golden syrup. So, so it, it would be like she'd do roast beef and Yorkshire puddings and then she'd have two Yorkshire puddings to one side and then she'd put the golden syrup on it. Some days we had the exploding Heinz you know, tins of golden syrup pudding, if, if you remember those, the ones you used to put in the boiling water and they would explode we'd have one of those. She'd do a homemade sponge syrup. She'd do pancake syrup. You know, for six months living there, I had syrup every day, and it was the first time in my adult life I actually put weight on. (laughs) She lavished. I remember during that period, we went to look after our, our pastor's house whilst he was on holiday, and there was myself and my best maid at the time. And so we did ourselves a sponge syrup pudding. And then we noticed that they had this plastic container that was full of syrup. So we just poured more syrup on because there wasn't enough. And so the syrup is overflowing in the dish lavished I want to say God's love isn't miserly today His love isn't withheld today. His love isn't some little thing that he squeezes out of his existence, but he lavishes his love on us. He is over the top in his love. He is extreme, he is relentless, he is passionate. And today he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Second thing about his love is, it is unconditional. You know, so many people love in a conditional way. They they say, if you're kind to me, I love you. Uh, If if you think I'm wonderful, I love you. You know, so often we think that love is just almost like a reciprocal thing for good behavior. But I want you to know today that God doesn't love you according to your behavior doesn't love you whether you're good or whether you're bad. Some days you might get out of bed and you might be so holy you float across the bedroom floor. And then other days you might get up and you're so unholy that you kick the cat down the stairs. You know, we laugh, but I've found so many Christians... You say, I failed God, and God no longer loves me. God's no longer in my life. God is separate from me. I want you to know that God loves you. And he loves you not based on your behaviour. He loves you based on your, your identity. And your identity is this. You are his. You belong to him. You are his child. You are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And he is totally in love with you. It is unconditional. We see that in the story of the prodigal son goes away, blows the inheritance, comes back home. And he says to his father, he says, just make me one of your servants. I've sinned against you and sinned against heaven. And I love the message version because it says this, the father wasn't listening. I want to say when you go all religious and you say, well, I'm going to pray more, and I'm going to be kinder, and I'm going to give more, and I'm going to fast more, and I'm going to evangelize more. I I want to say every time you go religious and you go into works, the Father isn't listening. Because he loves you not based on what you do. He loves you based on who you are. You belong to him. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. You see, I don't love my two daughters because they're good or because they're bad. I love them because they're mine, because they're my daughters. They're a part of me. And the wonder of the gospel Is this that we are now united together with Christ and we are his we are come out of him we belong to him the third thing about his love is this his love is never ending I don't know if you can remember if any of you ever wrote love letters in the days before social media and texting and all that business, but in the olden days, for for those who are younger here, in the olden days, we used to use pen and paper. (laughs) And when, when we used pen and paper... You know, what, what people used to do, all these little sayings on the back of envelopes, if they saw someone they fancied and they'd write a little love letter and on the envelope it would have S-W-A-L-K sealed with a loving kiss. And then the other one was true love lasts and never dies. You know, I believe we live in a world where many, many people don't know that true love lasts and never dies. Many people think that love walks into their lives and love walks out of their lives. Many people talk about falling out of love. I want to say love is not something you fall into and it's not something you fall out of. Love is God. And God's love for you is eternal. It is everlasting. The word says this, that underneath us are the everlasting arms of love. He loves you today. He'll love you tomorrow. He'll love you every single day that you are on this planet. Every single minute, he will love you. Wow. Never a moment. In your worst moment in life, he loves you. In your best moment in life, he loves you. But every single day, he loves you. His love does not come to an end. You will never exhaust the love of God. You know, I find it totally mind-blowing. I don't know how many billion we are now in the world, but every time I look, it keeps going up another billion, with the, the population growing very quickly in this world of ours. But the truth is this. He has love for every single person on the planet. Those are the good ones, the bad ones... And dare I say, the ugly ones. <laughs> but he loves every single person. And I want you to know this morning, he loves you. That he loves you. You know, you, you might be saying, well, no, he, he loves them. Because <laughs> you know, they've got it all together and they seem holy, and they seem saint-like. Not because they're bald, but they have something over their head that shines. I want you to know, he loves you. Bang. You know, the Bible says this, that we destroy every argument Every pretension, every lie, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And today I want you to know, he loves you. And I will say that time and time again. Because what I'm doing there is I'm taking the hammer of the word to demolish the amount of times that you said to yourself he couldn't possibly love me. Bang, he loves you. Bang, he loves you. I want to say that wall is coming down, every lie, every pretension. The fourth thing about his love is there is no separation. I've been around long enough to know this, that when good things are happening in people's lives, they often think, well, that means God loves them. And When bad things are happening, that that means somehow God doesn't love them. I just want to read a little bit from one of my heroes in the Bible, Paul the Apostle. I love Paul because he's over the top. It's a little bit extreme. You know, one or two people, most likely, if he was around today, would question his sanity. You you know, some of the things he did, some of the things that he said. And he says this. Says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, will trouble, will persecution, will famine, will nakedness, will danger, will sword? In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Christ who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you had a bad day? I I, want to suggest today that Our bad days most likely are nothing compared with Paul's bad days. You you know, this was the man who was taken out of a city, and it is clear from Scripture he was stoned to death. And yet he was a man who, no, no matter the fact he was stoned to death, the following day he walks back into the city with the people who were persecuting him. This is a man who knew what it was to go without sleep, a man who knew what it was to go without food, a man who would be shipwrecked, a man who puts his hand in a fire and a viper grabs his hand, a man who is dealing with danger and hardship and difficulty every single day of his life. And yet he says this there is not a single thing that can separate us from God's love. I want to encourage you today. He loves you. You might say, well, my circumstances don't add up. Things are not going well. There are difficulties. There are hardships. But I want to say, in the middle of your hardships, his heart for you is the same, his love for you is the same, his commitment to you is the same, his word into your life is the same. None of that ever changes. An eminent theologian put it this way. He said that separation is an illusion. We are not separate from God's love. But today we are found in his love. And his love is found in us. I tell you, this love is awesome. We were born to be loved. You know, I believe we need to pray more. More about this than anything else, Lord, open my eyes. Give me revelation of how much you love me and how much you love people. Soften my heart, open my heart up so that I can carry your heart. You know, what is our response to him? It is simply this, we love him because he first loved us. See, when we get a revelation of his love, it changes who we are. It changes everything in our world. We love because he first loved us. What does that love that we express to him look like? The first thing is this, I believe it involves trust. Psalm 52 verse 8 says this, I will trust in his unfailing love. The word there, trust, is the Hebrew word bakar, which simply means this, to attach oneself, to feel safe, feel confident, and feel secure. In other words, it's like Romans 8 where it says this, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That even when it's not working out for us, as we've been singing this morning, it is being worked in our favour. And circumstantially, it might look as though everything is stacked up against us, but the truth is this: He is working all things for our good and for his purpose. Word "bekar" there means to attach oneself. always reminds me of the Rhodesian ridgeback., yeah, they're, they're the dogs that you know, hunt lions. They always say this, if a ridgeback. Puts its jaws into you, it doesn't let go. <laughs> In other words, it attaches itself to you, and wherever you go, <laughs> it will go because it's hanging on to you. It's a picture of how we are with the Lord that we hang on to Him. That trust is like that. We attach ourselves to Him and we say, Lord, I'm going nowhere unless you go there with me and the second thing is this our response of love involves a kiss you know the most intimate thing in the world is a kiss I remember seeing a program one time about it was about women who were selling themselves you know, for for sex, and it was really interesting what one of the women said. She said, I'll allow a man to do anything, but I won't allow a man to kiss me. Why? Because kiss is the ultimate expression of love, the ultimate expression of intimacy. Psalm 103 says this, You have kissed my heart with forgiveness. There is a kiss over each one of our lives today and that is no matter what you have done, you are forgiven, you are cleansed and it is all dealt with and you are no longer guilty. You are totally innocent because he has kissed your life. It says this, his lips are anointed with grace. What is grace put simply as this? It is the favor of God. It is that God is for you. It is that He is working all things out for you and for your favor. But you know, kisses are two way thing. And the Lord kisses us with grace and forgiveness. But you, that word worship. In in the New Testament, the Greek word, it simply means this. It means to bring a kiss. So every time we worship, we're engaging with the Lord. We're kissing the Lord. There is an intimacy there when we worship together with him. He loves you. And yet that love provokes a response out of our hearts that says, Lord, I love you. And today I worship you. And my worship is a kiss directed towards you. I hope this morning that you don't go out of here downcast. And I hope this morning you go out of here encouraged that he loves you and he's with you and he's on your side. And you know, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists tell us this, for every negative spoken, it takes 10 positives to undo the negative. And so I want to encourage you in your day-to-day life, keep reminding yourself, keep speaking to yourself. That's what, what the psalmist did. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Just kept speaking to himself and reminding him of the positive nature of God towards each one of us. God bless you.